The Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. I'm back again uh, with the only two Danish lads I can find free on a Monday evening. It's, of course, Jan Maslinhart and Anna's Buren. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a couple of months since we last spoke. I think we were part of Pod 100 a few months back. Fair to say, you know, a lot's happened since then, but um, I'll do the, the niceties and just say that uh, Anders. Very nice to see you and uh, from everyone at the Six Pointer Podcast, a blessed happy birthday from Saturday. Um, I hope you're uh, just about recovered from your hangover. Yeah, I'm almost recovered. I'm a bit tired now because it's the second day after the birthday, but um, it was a fantastic party and um, I'm sad that you two guys couldn't be there, but um, we'll celebrate my 40 years next year. Then you're welcome, of course. And then thank you very much for the, for the, the message from Halsty. It was a great uh, surprise. Uh, Marcus was uh, was uh, very kind in sending the message, um, and of course, I know he's a, a favourite of yours. So it was very nice to see him yeah. out in a beautiful setting out in um, in Finland as well, wasn't it? So, uh, so yeah, and and, and yeah, and perhaps public enemy number one, working for a newspaper in Estonia. I'm joking, obviously, of course. Um, but uh, <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I, I put a I put a yellow shirt on to to illustrate that I'm working as a yellow journalism uh, as, as Paul Conway <laughs> likes to to call us I think I think translated into to British uh, Amer- a British um, that's uh, called a tabloid journalism in in, in the UK yes. isn't it it's tabloid yeah yeah tabloid yeah. journalism yeah I wouldn't actually say that you were a tabloid journalist but uh but yeah I, yeah. I, I get the transaction I think uh, Paul Conway knows that better than us <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> fair enough well I mean, look. I mean, let's get straight into it because it's been a it's been a very eventful a few last few weeks. Um, and uh, for for those and those listening that you know don't know the story, um, you know, SBA were were taken over by a, a new group of investors who have vowed to bring in new ideas and uh, a new coach with uh, Peter Hibbelus come in in June. Was it was it yeah he came in and started in uh, June? I think he was appointed in May, but uh, he had his May. first. Uh, day at work uh, uh, late June so I mean I know you, you've been interviewing him and, and you've had a few articles which you've written in the press as well I think you tweeted the other day that in your first interview of him he said that he doesn't like pussies um, mm, yeah, was, that's correct <laughs> which is an interesting uh, way to start a, a conversation to take us through the timeline yeah and then of, of, of where we are because obviously you know he's taken over there was going to be wholesale changes in terms of the way that the club's being run and the players that are coming in. We've had accusations and we should probably stress, you know, for our own safety as well. This, these are allegations and we have no proof of, you know, physical uh, and mental uh, torment in the dressing room. To put it simply, Jan, what is going on at Esvia? A whole lot, Luke. Um, that's uh, for sure. As I see it, there's two things. Uh, there's uh, one thing that the club has these new American uh, investors uh, who owns now 50.1% of the club. And that means they are majority owners of, of, the, of, uh, of the club. So uh, majority shareholder owners of the club. Yeah. So that's one thing. There's, uh, the Americans are coming to the club with a 
with an idea of how they want to play football, with an, with an idea of how they run their business. And um, uh, we would be sitting here talking about them um, no matter who, who has been the coach, uh, no matter how nice how, how nice a guy the coach has, would have been uh, regarding the players, because the Americans came here with a revolution and um, they've been clear about that from day one. They've been honest about it. They said they want to play football uh, in, a, in a special way with this uh, high-pressing football style that we know uh, from, for example, uh, Liverpool, where Jurgen Klopp has been playing it, and uh, from his days in, in Dortmund, and we, we know Leipzig in, in Germany play, plays the same style. And then, then um, the new owners uh, also has... Uh, uh, been, uh, they have a red... Uh, you could say they're sort of a Red Bull light concept because yeah. like Red Bull has uh, Leipzig in Germany, uh, New York, uh, Red Bull and uh, Salzburg. Um, Red yeah. Bull Salzburg who's now playing Brøndby. Um, then Pacific Media Group has uh, interest in uh, the, the majority ownership in Barnsley, uh, in Nancy in France, yeah. um, in Ostende in Belgium and in uh, Thun in, in, in Switzerland. So so they're running the, they have a business plan of, of playing the same style of football in all these clubs, and um, they ha- they also have a plan of doing it with young players, and that's why I say we, we would have been talking about uh, this no matter who has who, who would have been the coach, because yeah. as Paul Conway told me earlier, yeah, we need to get some of these old players out of the club because we want the, to give the young players uh, time on the pitch. Yet the young players they don't get paid paid, paid as much as, as the old players mm-hmm. as well. So that's a, an, another bonus for for the business model, and um, that of course means that some of the old players needs to go out, and and that's a, that has been a part of, of this whole discussion as well here in SBA because we've seen uh, Jakob Bangas and Kevin Conboy and Yuri Yakovinko get, getting sent to, to to train with the the under nineteen team. So yeah, but. In Espia, the thing that really has, has drawn the headlines has, of course, been the new German coach, Peter Hübeler, who, as we said, had his first training in, 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 in June. And um, I was out wat- watching the first training, and I actually, actually I, 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 I find that it was, when I, when I went from it, I, I was quite positive. I've seen a training with high intensity, I see. I see. I've seen a training where where the coach uh, really knew what he wanted on the pitch. It reminded me in some way when when I saw Colin Colin Tutt has have his first training in SBL as well, because Colin Tutt was shouting and he was mm-hmm. instructing the players and he knew he Colin Tutt wasn't a success in SBL, but yeah. he knew exactly how he wanted the team to play in his four four two style of, of 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 game. And Peter Hübeler also knows exactly how he wants his teams to play and he he, he if, if if some of the players uh, during t- training if they play in a way that peter hibbler don't want them to then he stops the training and he says he tells the players okay don't play the ball that direction uh, play forward uh, not the uh, diag- uh, not not backwards or something like that so you have a coach who has a clear uh, uh, view on on how he wants to see football and uh, all that is good, in my opinion. 
it's also good that uh, he, I also like the, the, the style of play he wants to play. Mm. So from that first training, I, I went home and was positive. And then the rumors started. And then I, then I, I heard the first rumors about there's something wrong. And then a parent to, to a player called me, um, uh, to, to a young player called me and said, started telling me about the things in, in the dressing room happening. And uh, I tried to, uh, to reach out to some of the players. And eventually uh, I managed to, after the after BT, uh, the Danish newspaper, BT, broke uh, had the story as a breaking news uh, uh, that day I, I was also sitting and writing on the story and I was breaking breaking it a short while afterwards and and a couple of days later I I got uh, through to some of the players and um, then I heard from their mouth what was going on no just uh, how how long went from the the first training to you heard the first rumors 14 days I guess okay Maybe maybe less. Yeah. Uh, th that was quick, and it's also shocking that it can go wrong so quick. When I look back, I can't I can't stop thinking about the first interview I, I made with Hibala. I made the interview the same day uh, during his first training, where he only just met the players in the dressing room, and he only just had them on the pitch uh, for, for 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 a couple of hours. In that interview, he started t talking about that he. He, he didn't like that, that he didn't want any um, any player stabbing him in the back and that he right. that that old players could make cause cause problems in in the dressing room and that the young players wouldn't do that yeah when I look back I think why would a coach put so, so much energy in talking about being betrayed by his players on the first day at work it's yeah. it, it was almost like he was expecting it and of course, I, I spoke to him about what happened in, in, in Poland, in Wisla Krakow, and where, where almost the same thing has happened. So, okay, I, I was also putting the questions uh, in that direction, but, but nevertheless, that, that was what he was talking about. So, so the manager was almost foreshadowing. He was, he was predicting <laughs> what, 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 what was going to happen. Uh, well, yeah. alleged, allegedly, what was yeah. going to happen. It's, I don't think it's rumors. It's... it's uh, it's, uh, it's 21 players who told their side of the story. That, that I won't I won't call that rumors. They put their names on a piece of paper. That's not rumors. That's that's uh they're, they're part of the story. That's, if uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean I, I mean rumors in the sense that it, there, there's no proof. If, if it were to go to court, there's no evidence, is there? There's no yeah, there's a there's there's a you know if you go to court, you also. <laughs> You also had witnesses explaining side, yeah, the, their true. side of so, so no, there's no there's no knife with blood on, or there's no. no footage of it happening. But we have 21 players putting their name on a piece of players saying uh, paper putting their name on a piece of players saying this is what happened. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, the way it's developed because it's gone from like you say a, a, a young player parents speaking to you about this to it coming out to an official statement where perhaps during that period of time those couple of weeks perhaps the players expected something to happen uh, and then nothing happened therefore the statement had to come out to almost try and force the club's hand perhaps mm. a little bit to, to, to make something but it, it's quite interesting I've, I've got one of the, the messages here from, from one of our listeners and thank you to everyone who has got in touch with a lot of interest on on twitter and, and instagram and 
You can follow us at 60 Pointer Podcast if you want to get in touch. Uh, Frederick Munster says, what happened in the first day, first days of Hivela's tenure that caused Anne Ankerson and Convoy to be excluded from the first team? You were just talking about the first training session there. I guess, is, is it a case that these were two big personalities that Peter Hibbola was worried that could be too much of a, an influence in the dressing room? May I just may I tell a short story sure. fr- from the first training? Because, you know, why, why have they been sent to under-19? The, the explanation from the owners is it's, it's, it's a sporting decision. Paul Conway told me exactly exact those words it's a sporting decision that means these players can't play in the way Peter Hübeler wants to okay but what did I see on during the first day his first day at work I saw um, the players do a physical test and physical physical physicality is very important if you want to play this style of football. You've heard uh, you've probably heard Jürgen Klopp saying that he want his players to run the above uh, 12 kilometers per game or something like that. Okay, so physicality is an issue. So, and that therefore it could be a problem if the players don't have the the, the physicality that that is necessary. But but I saw Jakob Angersen run this um, BIP test, we call it in in, in Danish. Yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, And he was uh, completing it. He was uh, one of the last uh, players uh, out there. So, and, and then the training began and they, they started playing 11 against 11. That's the first time Peter Hübler is on the training field. And the first time his team's, team is playing 11 against 11 and Jakob Angersen is playing on the wrong team. He's playing with the youngsters. You know, when, when you're out watching um, a, a training, there's also the right team and the wrong team in a sense that the right team meaning probably the team that looks like something that could be a starting formation uh, yeah. when, when first team yeah. yeah and and the wrong team okay the reserves and mm-hmm. and, and and young players uh, okay so Jakob Angersen was clearly on the wrong team and that was his first training just after he excelled in the beep test my my answer is that nothing happened my answer is that if you ask me I think Bella was was told, and this is speculation. I know it; it's speculation, mm. but it's my best guess that Hubala was told from the owners, "We need to get rid of some of the old players." Paul Conway told me exact those words: "We need to get rid of some of the old players who are who aren't as um, permitted to the club as we want them to." That was his uh, words, and in a sense that they want to make room for more young people and want to get rid of the high wages. So, mm-hmm. so Jakob Angersen is, of course, one of the hi- highest paid players in, in the group. And, and Convoy? Probably, probably up there as well. He's an experienced player. He came home from, uh, from Rannes. He, he played in Holland. He, he, had a, uh, he, he even had a game for, for the national team. So he's a high-profile high player on a first division team. Conway didn't he wasn't flopping this test either. And um, in my opinion, I could easily see him uh, playing a good centre-back on this team, uh, especially if, if we look at how we played in the last game. Uh, there's, no, there's no doubt that, that Convoy would be a huge improvement 
improvement. What, what did we see? Uh, Lesha and uh, Mas Larsen playing in the, uh, as, as centre backs in that game, and <laughs> of course, Conboy would be a better player having there. So, it, in my opinion, this is not a sporting decision. This is a, a decision taken by the board and uh, the American owners to to reduce wage, wages and to get rid of some of the old players. And then there could be some issues regarding Peter Hübeler's. Uh, uh, the, the the trouble the trouble people are having with with the first team, but um, in my opinion, um, this was the Angerson and Angerson and Conba and Yakuvenko and those players. They would have been playing with the under 19s no no matter no matter who was the coach, because the Americans, yeah, that's the way they do it. <laughs> yeah, and if, right. if I remember the timeline right, they were sent to the under 19 before the. All the rumors, wasn't they? Not before I heard the rumors anyway, but maybe oh, it wasn't out. It wasn't out that they were training with the under-19s before the stories had started. So I, I, obviously I understand, you know, about getting players off the wage bill. And uh, it, it, it's difficult because especially with sort of like Angus and he was, he was, you know, brought home last season to be the leading man, wasn't he, for SVA to, to propel the club back to the Superliga. Mm. Obviously that didn't happen. So that the club's chosen to go on a different. I, I guess I don't know. There's something around the feeling of what, the way you go around, about something, isn't it? You don't just freeze someone out. You don't just freeze players out and send them to the other because you're going to create this disarmy. So in a way, you, the the English saying is creating a rod for your own back. You know, you're you're creating a situation that's going to come and force people to stab you in the back, as it were, um, because you're going to create this disharmony. We've got high-profile players who undoubtedly will have some sort of influence over the dressing room who younger players in the squad are going to look up to those players. But look, they, they removed the players from the squad. So it's not like they're, they're, they're not even allowed to have a dinner with the rest of the squad anymore. So, oh, so wow. they, they completely okay. removed them and, and, and forbid them access, access to the dressing room. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so, uh, so that's a pretty harsh decision. And for 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 a short time there wasn't even on the on the website. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, even there they they they've been removed. Yeah, they said happened. it was a technical uh, mistake. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a lot to unpack here, isn't there? I mean, so, some of the allegations that have been made. Yeah. I mean, can you can you talk about the ones that were that were mentioned to you first, or were they the first ones that that made the press around around nipple twisting? hitting players across the chest, leaving marks, telling someone you've got bigger tits than my girlfriend. Uh, I, I mean, w- were these the things that you were told as well at the very beginning? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, stuff like that, uh, especially when I sat down with the players, of course. And yeah, as I, uh, and, I'm, and it's important for me to say that when I wrote that story with anonymous uh, players, I, of course, I sat, uh, I was sitting in front of them, looking them in the eyes when I, when I spoke to them. So that's uh, pretty important for me uh, because it's about being trustworthy. And you know, every, every time as a journalist, you, every time you use anonymous um, sources, you know that the other side can draw the card. Hey, why do you believe them? They just make it up. It's just yellow journalism, <laughs> as as Conway says, and and that, that's therefore I'm of course uh, relieved 
that the 21 players in the end uh, put their name on on this piece of paper to to tell to tell that this isn't just something the media is making up in Denmark because we're tabloid journalists. This is something the players really feel every day they go to work. They feel this uh, fear culture that Hubala has created in the dressing room. Yeah, so, so one of the interesting things that I found, because obviously Peter Hibbert has been asked about these and there was there was an interview last week, I think, that I, I watched part of the video of. He was talking about perhaps there's a difference between German and Danish culture. Perhaps, you know, something is 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 said in, in German culture and it's, it's taken a little bit different. In Dan- I, I don't really believe that if i'm honest that's not something that personally i i i think is, is i i, I is spoke it. to i spoke to a, a journalist uh, from the big german newspaper Süddeutsche zeitung jonas is his name he, he was the journalist who during this uh, crisis was the first uh, journalist to interview hubala uh, after the accusation was uh, was made and uh, and, and Jonas as well that's, uh, said, said there's a reason this is also a big story in Germany. This, it's not because um, it's not because this is everyday life in Germany. This is uh, this is upsetting in Germany as well. This is a big story. And I spoke to him the other day, and he said if if uh, the Olympics hasn't uh, taken so much of uh, his time, he would be uh, digging into it once again because he's uh, he's shocked that Hubala is, uh, is still a coach in Espia after all this. Yeah, I, I I must admit I'm I'm pretty shocked the way that things have. But but look, uh, look, I spoke to Conway as well, and he said, he said to me, uh, well, Jan, have, have you have you ever been to a practice? Have you ever been in England watching a football game? Have you have you have you, have you, have you ever been uh, watching a, a football practice in England? This is everyday life. And I said to him, actually, I visited Coventry City a couple of years ago, and I don't I don't think you're right about that. Uh, but but Luke, you, you know that better than I. Is this everyday life in 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 the UK? Do you think? Well, not really. No, I I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't have said so. And that that was the point I was I was going to make. That you know, I don't think from my experience, obviously, I've spent some time in Espia with you boys, and I've, I've been to Germany as well. I, I don't think there's that much difference in terms of the culture, the way that you talk to people, the way that you you do things. That would be mean that things are lost in translation. So that's why I didn't quite understand that that rebuttal from from Peter but and let me bring you in here because this whole thing is quite shocking really isn't it and and as a, as a fan of the club as well it's not it's not nice to see um this whole situation playing playing out really and I'll, I'll I'll jump into one of Jacob has asked us the question and he's asked how do supporters firmly opposed to the administration's style of management and the alleged conduct of the manager best show their support for the players in the current situation. So how do how do the fans best react to this whole situation? Do you reckon, Anders? I think the, the fans, for my for my own, um, I think we are, I don't know if, how to say it in English, but we are a bit uh, split because I have, I've, I have one of the guys who have screamed for about yeah, a couple of years, uh, something to happen because the club was going a wrong way, so I'm, I've been I've been looking forward for the new owners and for the new coach, and I'm still looking forward for the for the changes the the owners will make. I think a lot of the things they're doing is yeah right and it's going in the right direction, but I don't think that the way they're ex- executing it it's the right way. And if, if, especially Peter Hübler's uh, work is not the way they have to do it. I think I would like some changes, but I don't like the way they do it. 
So, and I think when I'm reading in some SBF forums and the nets uh, on the internet on the Facebook and other places, I think that's the a lot of people have that meaning. But there's also people who are saying that the the players is just uh, too uh, sensitive and they are just uh, now they have to wake up because it's like now they have to do like they do in other clubs and they have got yeah. it uh, too easy until now. But maybe some of them have. I don't know. But but. I think that it looks like some very uh, extremely measures measures uh, he's uh, he's working with Himmler. and you can also see it because it's not only the players; it's also people from the staff. Uh, we have um, people from the physics, uh, the staff uh, who have uh, quit their job because they don't want to work with him. So it's not only the players. It's it's not the physiotherapist who, who's quit his job. It's one of the it's the medical staff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, a doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He, and his his reasons were he, he couldn't deal with the manager's methods. He, he yeah, he didn't want the, the way Peter Hübel talked to, to to him and the way he questioned his uh, yeah decisions assessment. Yeah. Oh, I just said that uh, the doctor told Hübel about some of the players and about the way Hübel trained them and said that yeah it wasn't good for the health and stuff. And then Hübel said that yeah. He didn't know uh, that people knew better or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then there has been uh, the transition coach, uh, Patrick Harbo. Uh, a transition coach is, is, is the coach who's uh, responsible for bringing the youth players into first team football. On the first day at work, on Peter Hübler's first day at work, he, he met this uh, Patrick Harbo, who, who's only been in the club for less than half a year. And um, yeah, the, he was uh, and Patrick was headhunted to to come to the club uh, from uh, from Odense. So okay, so so Patrick Harbo meets uh, with Hübela and uh, introduces himself. And uh, and uh, as the story goes, Hübela just looks at at, at Harbo uh, and and said, "Who are you?" And then uh, Harbo starts to explain, "Hey, I'm the I'm the transition coach. I work with uh, bringing young players into first team football." And then uh, Hibala, as I've heard, just said, "I don't need you. I worked with too many snakes." So that's pretty harsh. And uh, that's the last day wow. in uh, in job this uh, young uh, coach has had in SBA. So um, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do because if they want their their license uh, for playing uh, in the under 19 uh, football league and uh, under 17 league uh, as well, they need a transition coach. Uh, they can of course uh, hi- hire a new one, but they, maybe Peter Hübela doesn't need a transition coach. But if the club wants a license from the Danish uh, FA, they they need to uh, have an, uh, a coach like that. Yeah, that that's that's a bit worrying. Um, that story itself, isn't it? I mean, well, combined with all the others, obviously. But I mean, yeah, there are there are members of staff that are are leaving uh, the club as a result of the manager's actions as well. But but I guess tying it back and bring it back to Jakob's question. I mean, in terms of how the fans support the club in this period of time, because there will be fans, like you said, Anna's. There are fans, you know, I see on social media are split. There are, there are, we we believe in Hibbler, we trust Hibbler, and there are you know Hibbler out sort of tweets yeah. and, and, and things as well so so uh, how do you do it do you, do you do you perhaps say to the fans you know during the 90 minutes everyone supports the club and then if you've got a protest do it outside the main you know the offices before and after the game do you want to create that sort of situation because it's, it's difficult for fans to compartmentalize this little bit aren't they because 
fans will be frustrated, fans will be un- unhappy with what they're reading, with what they're seeing. So how, how is it best that, that fans continue to support the club during this time? I think the best way to support the players is to, to be at the stadium and support the game when they're playing. Because otherwise it wouldn't be good for the players. But, but of course, you have to show the club in some way that you don't like their working misses. But yeah, I, haven't, I haven't been able to be at the stadium the two first matches in this, uh, this season. So, so I'm, not a, I'm not a good example. <laughs> but, um, but I think I will be there if I'm able to. So yeah, I think I will support the, the players. But, but yeah, I don't know how to, to show the club the, that they're not satisfied. But um, it's a difficult balance, isn't it? I, I saw on Twitter that someone made a banner for the first game, first home game of the season, and it was taken down, you know, uh, before the before the match. And the reason was given because it was covering up one of the advertising yeah, uh, boards. That, that's that that reason is. I think it's. I think it's the right reason because, I've, yeah, I have been making banners for about 10, 15 years in the fan club and. Each time we put them on the fence, and there was uh, shielding the, the the sponsors' logos. We were we was asked to put put, put them down again. So mm. uh, so we have we have had that reason many times, but maybe that's just a a very nice reason for the for the club, so they could get the banner away. But mm. we have heard that before, so it's not a, a new. I think the story goes also that okay when they did when they decided to to take the banner away from the commercials, they weren't allowed to have it up either. So. During that game, ah. they, they were just the. That was a total censor uh, of the, of the, of the, yeah, what they call the message on on, on the mm. on the. Okay, po- I didn't hear that, but, uh, I only hear but but the next game they brought the banner once again, yeah. and then they were they, they weren't allowed to 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 put it up, but they were allowed to sit with it and and hold it up. So they yeah, that's what that's what seats, that's yeah. what they did. And yeah, what what's, have you been in the stadium? I, I mean, if you have, what what's been your experience of the fans' uh, interaction with the manager? Has he been greeted warmly? Has there been boos? Have you heard anything? No, nothing. Um, nothing, nothing like that. Um, there wasn't. I wasn't at the, the last game. I was at the first at the first game uh, they played. Well, the first half. Yeah, the first half anyway, because uh, <laughs> then then the thunderstruck and uh, yeah, and that was like uh, yeah. Actually, they played ACDC Thunder when. Uh, after when we were waiting for, for the game to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's quite funny. Uh, the next game they, they played, uh, I think it was uh, Monty Python. That's uh, <laughs> always look on the, the bright side of life. That's 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 quite some humor as well. Yeah, but I didn't notice anything like that. Uh, I didn't uh, notice any booing uh, regarding Hubala. I didn't notice any especially uh, cheering for him. But I heard that at, at the, the next game, the, the one we just. Uh, Witness this weekend um, against Helsingør. Yes, there were some uh, some, some sponsors uh, invited here uh, from the Belgium club Ostende, who has the same owners as Espia uh, now have, and they were bringing some German flags and, and putting them up. And Hubala was uh, cheering for them and uh, beating on his heart with with his hand. So he was very happy to see some German flags. Uh, I don't know if he knew that it was the Belgium uh, sponsors that brought them, but uh, that made him happy. I heard. <laughs> well, I mean, at least he's, he feels like he's getting some sort of support, I guess, which um, mm. which I think he like because there has been, you know, rumours of him feeling like he was being um, not not being made very welcome. I think, and you know, he was talking about there was an interview which I sent you, Yan, where he was talk- uh, referring to 
you know, two dicks who are trying to force me out of the of the club and I'm staying, I'm not going anywhere, and, and this sort of stuff that, that, that he's been quoted as saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he, he's obviously going to need me to feel that, um, well, he's going to want to feel some sort of support in some sense, I guess. It was just like a flex that turned the wrong way. <laughs> they were drunk. You know? <laughs> From from, my, from what I heard, they they had uh, been giving uh, given quite a few drinks, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I've so, never heard of but, that in the VIP area, by the way. I've never heard of that at all. No, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have to say that uh, as I remember it, Luke, we've experienced it ourselves. But okay, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe my memory from that uh, violet game where Unicaku uh, sneak up and uh, the goalie wasn't that yeah. good. <laughs> well, I think it was the FC Copenhagen game. Uh, was it? Was one, we, we we made the most use of the uh, the, the um, refreshments uh, in, yeah. in the stadium. Should could, we say that was, could that was be, a good one? Could be that was also. Quite something, oh, yeah. But yeah, there's uh, lots of ways of uh, feeling welcome, um, of uh, of being uh, greeted uh, when you come to a new country. And uh, and and if what we hear is true, then uh, you could say that Hubala is uh, making his own bed. Can you say that in English? That's a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, making making yeah. your bed, or yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, let's just take a step back from from the Hibbler chat and let's talk about SPO as, as a as a wide entity. And and we, we touched on it at the start around sort of the new new dawn, as it were, for SPO, you know, with new players coming in, a new way of working and things like this. So Nikolai Anderson asks, what's everyone's take on the season? And are talks of promotion this season realistic? Should the focus be on building the team? so that we can um, crush the league, as he says, next season? And would people be happy with that? You know, he, I guess he's, he's asking, are we going to see immediate success and promotion back to the Superliga, or is this going to be a more of a long-term plan? And as- if, you, if you look at our team now and how we play, I think it will be a long-term. <laughs> but, but yeah, we only started, so maybe it's too, too, too soon to make a conclusion about that. Mm. I hope that we're going up fast because... It will be best uh, for the for the mental uh, for the you know for the team for the fans yeah. for the city for the club. Yeah, actually, I don't know. Uh, I haven't been at the stadium, but I have. I watched the first game in the TV, and I am um, yeah in two parts. <laughs> and um, what I have heard from people who are watching the the second game, we didn't play that good. So yeah, I think it's it's maybe it's too too early to, to judge. But I think I hope that we're going up fast and. But the, the, the Conway said in the last interview I heard that we're going up. It's not about if we're going up, it's just about when we're going up. So I think they're they're ready for making it a long term, but but I hope that it will go a lot faster. So so I guess then then yeah, do you know if Peter Hibbler will he be given well, it seems unlikely given everything that's happened, but will he he be given you know, more than one season to take SBR up. Is, is it the case that the owners expect him to gain promotion this season or do they expect him to build a team to attack next season? I, I, find, I find it really hard to, to answer the questions because what I'm worried about isn't if whether, whether the team is, is going up or going down, it's whether the club survives this mess. I, I think this is very, very critical. I can't see this. Um, the way the new owners has entered the club is, is making me very nervous uh, about the future because it, it's just so far from the way 
we do things in Denmark. And uh, when they talk about cultural differences, it, of course, it has been upsetting to hear about what's going on in the dressing room. But <laughs> maybe as much because a coach, he comes and go. But the owners, they're they're meant to stay. It it has made me quite uh, nervous uh, hearing and watching the way the owners uh, are acting uh, in this uh, crisis. Um, things could could have been so much more positive at this moment. This is a summer after a, a Danish national team. Uh, the whole country fell in love with football. And uh, we are back. The football is back uh, in the Danish stadiums with a lot of people uh, watching it. Uh, no more co- Corona restrictions, uh, very little anyway. And and all we're talking about now is this crisis. And um, and uh, I blame the owners a lot for that. I I think uh, the way they handled this uh, has made 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 things escalate a lot and um, so I'm, I'm i'm quite nervous for the future uh, okay they can keep on uh, bringing young guys from barnsley to the club then it's not sbs football team anymore then we can start supporting uh, ski or, or ef2 or fems or some of the other teams in, in in this city and so a group of young players from barnsley that's that's not our team is it but how how did they do in, in barnsley and in ostende did they crashed in in the same way or did they did did they do it more smooth there's a there's a there's a problem here because uh, of course the hubala situation has made things so much uh, difficult for the owners mm. to 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 do the things they want there's another problem where, which i talked to to paul conway about is it's that he found out that it's quite hard getting young danish players to play for Esbjerg. Um, we've heard about that before. I, I remember John Lamas uh, talking about it, that he was surprised that he couldn't bring players to Esbjerg because maybe because they didn't want to live here. And, you, you know, that's a that's a surprise because for a man like John, who moved from Holland to Esbjerg to be a coach, mm-hmm. uh, how, how can you imagine that, that a, a, a young football player, given the chance, wouldn't move a, a couple of hundred kilometers from Copenhagen to Esbjerg? So from 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 a foreigner, that's uh, that's not uh, something that's uh, easy to understand. But um, yeah, the Danish uh, players must be picky. And uh, what Conway told me is that it has been a problem getting young players. And he he's surprised that some of these players they would rather sit on the bench in a Superliga club than been given the chance of first-team football in Espia. That that has forced the Americans to to change their strategy regarding player getting players to the club, and that's why we've seen all these players from Barnsley. What, 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 I, what I could guess is that it, it hasn't been make, making things easier, attracting young players, the whole Hibola situation. Oh, of mm. course, of course. <laughs> So yeah, so that, so uh, so so, uh, and, and that that combined with, yeah, the whole thing that Espia apparently isn't the the place everybody wants to to live, especially if you're a young, talented football player from uh, Copenhagen. So, so yeah, it's interesting what you said there around sort of players who'd rather sit on the bench in the mm-hmm. Superliga. Mm-hmm. Would you are, are you referring to the fact that? Like you say, it's the situation that Espia find themselves in at the moment, or is it that the players don't want to drop down the division to play football? Yeah, that's that. that 
so Conway was surprised that the, he said in England you see players dropping down to get first team football. That's not yeah. the, that's that that's the if you want to be a football player you have to play football. And he was surprised that young players would rather sit on the bench. So that ha- has made it difficult. And what what I combine it with is the statements that John Lemmers uh, brought on when he came here, where he realized that although they made a good offer for, for, for a player and they had a dialogue, it often stranded when the players, uh, yeah, the, the players, uh, it could be the player's wife saying, I don't want to move to Espia. And, and John Lemmers was just like, what is going on? How is, how is that even in the picture? That you don't want to move a couple of hundred kilometers across, uh, across the, the country. So that was a problem when when John was here, and and now and now Paul Conway is, is saying that he's experiencing players don't want to drop down, and I, I'm just adding that you have to add to that that SBI isn't the place most most people <laughs> maybe especially maybe from Copenhagen wants to move to. Well, maybe maybe um, they need to go to Sam's restaurant and have a good meal there and uh, yeah, enjoy Luke, themselves. And that, that, Luke, that, that will convince them because you know I'm, I'm the biggest advocate of coming out to Espia and having a few beers and and enjoying my time out there. So uh, yeah, I'd you, certainly you, encourage a lot of people to go there. <laughs> you heard about uh, and you experienced the city, but ma- many Danish people. Espia is not a city where you know, Luke. If you just uh, if you if you if if you drive to Germany, you don't come past Espia if you're not going to Espia. Mm. So it's not, a, it's not a city where you just come pa- like Odense. If you want to go to Copenhagen, okay, you, you need to, you, you go past go Odense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So Espia is not like, uh, I don't know, do we have a, a city like that in, in, look, in the UK? Look, probably... look ended here. Coventry. Coventry here. Co- yeah, Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody wants to go to Coventry, you just drive for it. No, I'm joking. Obviously, yeah. apologies to our listeners in Coventry. There are obviously hundreds <laughs> of people listening in Coventry. <laughs> in some ways, yeah, yeah Coventry, it's, 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 um, it's also um, a city known for its hard workers. Like, um, and although it's not a, a, fi- a fisherman's city like Espia, but it's, it's also the hardworking um, and 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 and, 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 and and with the the old iron industry in, in Coventry as well. Um, yeah. So so maybe that's a, it's also a part of the history of Espia. It's a city that smells of fish, although it doesn't anymore. But people still have that saying in Denmark. Yeah, yeah. Can't can't say I've ever smelled fish uh, when I've been in Espia. But um, yeah, maybe I'm not going to the right places. Or maybe I'm going. I am going to the right places. That's why I don't smell fish. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. um, I guess. To, to lighten the mood a little bit, we've had a, had a, a question in Mao to ask, what do you think of the New Jersey of Espia? So obviously this, this is where I was actually saying to you boys, actually, this is the longest I knew it about two weeks ago that EFB had had the same shirt for about three seasons, I think, and now they've finally got a new one. Um, obviously it's from the Nike team wear range. It's, it's very nice. It's a lot lighter in colour. Any thoughts, boys, on this? I appreciate we're going from one subject to the other, but, you know, trying to lift, I, lift the mood a little bit. I love it. I love it. It's good. I think it's amazing. I think it's... Uh, maybe excited. the... Maybe the... Yeah, what, yeah, I can't, rem- I can't, I can't rem- re- remember when I've seen a shirt look that good in many years, especially with the, with the names and the, the, the numbers on the back being all blue and, and the back being all white. So uh, I think that's a great detail. Um, 
I'm quite excited too. I haven't seen it in real life, but uh, only on pictures and in TV. But I like it too. My only my only uh, thoughts is about which name I have to have on the back when I buy the new one because I don't know any of the new players. <laughs> so just write uh, just write uh, Hybala. Hybala. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hibala forever, I think. Yeah, Hibala forever is, is what you want on the back of your shirt. Um, well, it was, it was interesting. I saw the article that uh, Mads Larsen's been made the new captain, the club captain, and he's only 19 years old. Yeah, but then so, he, he got stripped from the armband uh, after after writing the letter. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make a connection. Right, okay. So who's who's the new captain? Does anyone know? Niklas Tonk, who didn't sign the letter. Ah, of course, because yeah, because I was saying towards the back in the last season, he was a coincidence. Yeah, he he was one of the players who I thought was was really good last season, especially in the second half last season. I mm-hmm. didn't expect him to sign, but obviously he has signed, and hopefully he'll be one of the well, one of the players that really propels Espia up the up the league this season. Um, but I did actually put a tweet out after the game on on Saturday, and we probably should talk about the game at some point as well. I've never seen so many players on the pitch with like 53, 56, there was a 59. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's probably indicative of, of the state of the club, the fact that we were having to go into these numbers now to get <laughs> to get shirt numbers. And some of them didn't even have names on the back and things like that. It, it was quite astounding. And, and one for our um, our fans, any anyone that you know, really likes to collect their football shirts and, and their history around football shirts, it's, it's probably got to be one of the, uh, the first times in uh, in maybe Nordic bet uh, history that you've had that many players yeah. on the pitch with that, that, those sort of numbers on there. Um, that didn't look good, and and no. uh, yeah, it didn't look good, and it didn't look good that the 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 young left back uh, Ketchovic, he, he he didn't even has has his name or has his name on a shirt, although he also started in on the position in the first game. I'm, yeah, okay, but it's, I think, I think you're right. It's uh, probably something to do with the state of the club. Of course, this affects everybody in the club and um, not only the players, uh, the whole, the whole club, the whole, the administration, the sponsors, the fans, the city, uh, everybody. I just hope that when it comes to shirt printing, they're not charging by the number because, uh, yeah, we'll be having into, into three digits by the end of the season at this rate. It's going to be very expensive <laughs> to get a, a shirt printed on the back. <laughs> depending on who you yeah. want, obviously, Anna's, depending on who you want on the back of your shirt. I'm, I'm the only one who has space on my back for three digits. digits so. <laughs> <laughs> So you can put your number on how many kilos you weigh? Oh, then only, oh harsh. Then I only need two. Ah, okay. 75, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe back in 75. Okay, okay. You're not that, you're not that old. Okay. 75 in each side. No. My, my, first, uh, my first thought was Mess Larsen, but uh, maybe, maybe Angersen for maybe. doing my support. <laughs> Or, or Paddy, Paddy's got number seven now, isn't he? He's been given number seven shirt this season, so that, that's quite a good look, isn't it? Mm, yeah. yeah. But let's talk about the game a little bit then, because I, it was the first game I was able to watch because I wasn't able to get a stream uh, for the for the first game. I actually thought during the first half that there was actually some quite nice football being played. You know, you could see the sort of methodical approach of playing out from the back and trying to pass it around, and you know, it was interesting to see Hoybier back in goal as well, and obviously he's perhaps been tried out as, you know, passing out from the back to the defenders. Maybe he, the manager thinks he's better suited to that than, than Kickerborg, who knows. But I thought that Espia didn't really play too bad. It was in the second half where they pushed more men forward and obviously got caught on the break. 
I didn't think the penalty was a penalty at all. If I'm honest, I, I thought that was a the, the referee got got duped there and was was sold by a dive really because I thought the bloke was going down even before Lasher made contact. Um, yeah. And then the third goal, you know, yeah, he he, lo- he looked a bit like uh, Raheem Sterling there, didn't he? Steady on, mate. Steady on. You can see from a different camera angle. He definitely clipped his knee. He definitely clipped his knee. <laughs> what? But no. Uh, what, what What were your thoughts on the game, then, Jan? Um, in general, I mean, it was obviously it wasn't a great result, but performance-wise, was it that bad? I'm having a hard trouble uh, finding the positivity from this game because I I can see that there was a short period of time in the first half where. You you sort of could see how Hubala wants to play, and you mm. sort of you, you could see that it worked out as 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 want. But but then again, you saw uh, the good the, the the first goal with the long ball. It's not the first time. It happened a bunch of times in the training games. It looks it looks like the team they haven't learned a a thing from from the errors they made before. So um, maybe he's having uh, a few. Uh, moments where where the team plays like he wants to but he also as a coach uh, if we if we only uh, talk about him as a football coach and his ability to uh, to to set up the tactics he also has the problems when um, when the, the 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 opposite the team decides to uh, play the, the ball uh, over the, the so that's what that's what happens when 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 a team pressure the opposite team they just they just kick the ball along <laughs> so there's no pressure on that ball anymore and um, if if the if the back four is standing too high up it, it leaves a lot of room to run into and um, mm-hmm. yeah we've seen that being um, punished quite sometimes also also in this game but also in the training games leading up to to the to the season we saw it in Brøndby where when the Sorninger came it was also a problem for Brøndby when the uh, the teams uh, started to 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 kick the ball, ball uh, up and over the press so okay, always, so yeah. I'm not so uh, I'm finding it hard to uh, to be positive because I I see that the um, positive things from this game is uh, a lot less than the negative things. And as as the coach um, said, we could have won this eight one instead of two one. And there were so many chances in the second half against Espia. There were, and like you say, I mean, the the problem with a high press is that yeah, the teams can exploit it if you haven't got. Centre backs who are very quick. Um, mm. Yeah, the long ball goes over. Yeah. The centre back can't can't keep up with the attacking player who is, is sprung the offside trap, and you're through on goal. Uh, yeah. Often you've got someone there like the third goal. You can square it, and it's an easy tapping. And well, that, I remember. I remember back in was it, Anas? When did we play against the Red Bull Salzburg? Was that in fourteen? Yeah, it was after the after the cup final in thirteen. So I think it was yeah. in fourteen. Oh no, late, no, late. no, 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 no! Spring oh, really? four. So in the spring thirteen, we played against the Red Bull, and then in the no, no, in the in the autumn thirteen, and then yeah. in the spring we played against Fiorentina in yeah. the spring fourteen. But after that, the uh, Europa League, uh, th- those games in Europa League, the former coach uh, Nils Frederiksen, he uh, the former Iceberg coach Nils Frederiksen, he got inspired by playing against uh, Red Bull. And he also wanted to, to to try playing and with this uh, high pressure football, and they and they signed Eddie Gomez, and Eddie Gomez was a really good defender if you want to play football like that because he was so so quick. 
he could he could catch up uh, with with everybody. But then Eddie Gomez got sold uh, to China, and then yeah, then Espia were in in trouble, and uh, Nils Flex, and he had to leave his plan of playing like this because you as 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 you say, Luke, you need fast defenders if you're standing that high on the field. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be willing to be standing on the halfway line and sprint to your 18-yard line in about uh, two or three seconds. So uh, that's a hell of a lot of bleep tests to, to get that sort of fitness, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. More than that, more than that one where Jakob Angersen excelled. <laughs> but is is Nil Ferguson playing in that way in Brøndby now? Then uh, I don't think he's playing. No, I, no, actually not. But uh, not in not in not in that extreme way as we saw Sorninger. Of course, every, I think every coach is, is, is having a, a way of uh, pushing his team up uh, and, and, and inserting the pressure, of course. You, you need to do that in professional football, in modern football. But, but uh, Sorninger was doing it in an extreme way. And uh, Hybala is uh, yeah, maybe even more extreme. I think Jürgen Klopp in Liverpool, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's starting to be more pragmatic about it. Than we saw him be in in in, in the beginning, isn't he, Luke? I, yeah, I, I I must admit, boys, I struggle with this because it's almost like football is following a fashion, isn't it? So mm. Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp is playing a certain way, so everyone else feels they have to play this different way, and mm. you know you're seeing it further down, especially in English football as well. You're seeing it in the Championship as well, where managers are telling their their goalkeepers to play it out from the back, you know, mm. past your defenders, and you're seeing more and more more ridiculous goals being scored because you haven't got an Edison in goal. You know, you haven't got the defenders. So surely it's about <laughs> adapting the, your, your style of play for your football club based on the players that you have rather than trying to follow some sort of trend or fashion just because, you know, the, the best clubs in the world do it. And yes, they can play that type of football because they've got the best players in the world. Mm. With all due respect to Espia, and you know, I worry myself for Crystal Palace this season as well. We're going to be playing a different style of football, more attacking. And, you know, we're going from a Roy Hodgson to a Patrick Vieira, and oh, that's a discussion for another podcast. Ah, but he's he's but, an Arsenal, he's an Arsenal legend, Luke. Is he, he is a very good. He was a very good fo- football football player. Doesn't make him a very good football manager, does it? Um, <laughs> nope. You know, it, it, it it's it's dangerous, um, and I'm I'm very worried. And yeah, I just I, I struggle with this whole sort of idea that owners and people within football who are making decisions are telling their managers that you have to have to play a certain way. I think that you look at your playing squad and obviously if you've got the resources to go out and buy players, sure, do so and you can bring in better players. But if you haven't got the resources, if you want to, in SBA's uh, situation, play with younger players, you know, play with players who are you know 19 to 24 or whatever, they're not going to be that experienced with playing that way. Yes, you can train them, but it's unrealistic to think that you can play the same style of football that, that Barcelona, Liverpool, Man, Man City can. I, I just, I, I really do worry about this. But, um, but look, you, okay, it's, it's, it's a, actually that's a, the discussion we've had in the city for quite some years because in, in North Zealand, they have a style of football. They're playing it since from, from the lower. Um, from from the youth teams, they played in, in the same way. They teach their kids to play football like this, all the way up through the club. So when so the, and, and and some you could say that's why 
it's so easy for Nordsjælland bringing in young players in the first school team because they don't need to change a thing. They just need to do what they do every Sunday. They go, go out and play football in the same way like they do in Ajax and like they do maybe not as much as earlier, but in some way in Barcelona as well. And exactly that is is, is, is the point from the new owners as well. So now you have, that would make it easier for the new owners to bring a player from Mesbia to Barnsley because, okay, this player, yeah, he knows how to play football in the way we want to play. So they can move around players from Barnsley and Nostende and bring in players on loan from Barnsley to Espia because, yeah, they just need to play football like they all, always do, no matter in which of which club uh, Barnsley or Espia they're playing in. Yeah, and the second point from the new owners is this, they're saying, we don't have the money to buy the next uh, Ronaldinho or the next Lionel mm-hmm. Messi, the best technical players. But we have uh, money to buy good athletes. And and that is what this uh, style of football uh, requires, as, as I talked about earlier. Good athletes. And uh, maybe this is a cheaper way of of uh, making a good squad. So so you're saying, okay, you don't have the money to go out and, and buy the best players. No, and that's not what they want. They want some athletes that <coughs> perform well in their data sheets and um, and and players they can see okay they can run the, the required sprints in a game yeah. and, and so on yeah I, I, I understand that and the, yeah you obviously you have to be very fit and you have to be willing to run sort of you know 10 12k a game to, to sort of mm-hmm. to play that style of football the issue I have is that football fans can be quite fickle you know if you are not getting instant results, um, you know, it, it's it's called in for the manager's head. So, at what stage do you then say, "Well, hang on, we're going to stick with this manager, and we're going to have some shit results, and we're going to be caught out playing out from the back a few times"? But in the long run, it's going to mean that we're promoted to, to the Super League, for example. Mm. Um, I mean, look, it's a, we'll have a conversation about how long we think Peter Heibel is going to going to stay in the the job <laughs> a bit later, anyway. But I say hypothetically, I mean, it goes back to the question that Nikolai asked earlier, that is it a case of then, you know, you you admit that this season is going to be about building something and you won't go up this season, but next season you will because you're training the players during this time um, to to then do it next season. But my problem is, is then is that historically you don't give managers or anyone really in football enough time to, to, to do that. I think the average in the Premier League, for example, the average shelf life of, a, of a, a Premier League manager is about 18 months. I don't know what it is compared in, in, in Denmark, you know, but... That'll probably just, be a record for Peter Hubler if he stays <laughs> 18 months in the club. Go on, and it seems we've come on to it organically. Let's have some prediction. Anders, how long do you think... Peter Hibbler will, will last in Espia. What, what, I mean, do you, do you think here they turn it around and everyone will get behind him and he'll be leading Espia to, to first position? Or do you think his, uh, his, t- his tenure will, will end quite soon? Um, do you asking for what I think or what I hope? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, what I think. I think that it will depend on the results because they wouldn't they wouldn't kick him on the out of the club now uh, if he make good results because now they have supported uh, the, the the owners have supported him through all this so i think they will keep him if he 
if we do good results. But if he if we don't, if if we keep on losing like we're doing now, I think he will be out fast. I think uh, because if he was a very uh, likable coach and and he was he, he had a big support from the fans and from the people around the club. He would maybe get a longer um, in Denmark. We say "länger snor." I don't know what you're saying in England, but longer lease. I don't know. Is considered. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but in as the situation is now, and when he's very um, uh, people is very angry at him, I think that if you don't make great results, he will be uh, replaced. I think. Okay, so Anas, we have. Um, okay, we of course we have a uh, Balpo uh, in the in the cup tournament. Uh, this. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this Thursday? Uh, this Thursday. So, hmm. but if we look on the next two games in in the division, it's against um, Lyngby next time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, uh, Horsens, Horsens. Oh, Horsens. Yeah. Sorry, Lyngby away and Horsens home, and then for the rest of the next next game as well, four games, one point. Let's just say that yeah. if 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 it turns out like that, and it it might as it might as well because. If we look the way Esper has been playing and the way Lyngby and Horsen has been playing, Esper won't be favorite in any of those games. So, um, yeah, my prediction is uh, Hybala, he gets uh, the next two games uh, against um, Lyngby and Horsens. And uh, when the team doesn't perform, the American owners have an excuse of uh, firing him and saying it's a sporting decision. Yeah, that's just what I tried to say. And that was... <laughs> I was yeah. interviewed by the Danish national broadcast uh, Saturday and they asked me the same question and that was what I said that the owners wouldn't kick him out now because then they will look like idiots because they have supported him but if 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 he don't um, make the good results they can use that as an excuse uh, yeah it's going to be I mean for them to to sack him he's going to be one hell of a u-turn isn't it because yeah. you know as soon as the statement come out that 21 players you know released there was you know undeniable backing of the manager and managers from the owners wasn't there that you know he he's 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 the man to take the club forward so it would have to be results based I mean given that you know for what it's worth my prediction is he'll still be in charge at Christmas and it's going to be a difficult period of time um, until then and then on Christmas day you're going to have SBA board members knocking at John Lammers's front door saying please John please come back Come and save us. <laughs> yeah, that 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 won't happen with the American owners because if the if the if they release Fibula from uh, from office, then um, the next coach as well needs to play with in a high attacking style of football. Maybe Patrick Vieira is has is, is available at that at that moment, Luke. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh-huh.